0: Wait a minute, we're starting at what, 36 you say, did you say? 38. Oh, 38, oh God, I thought I was on 36, wasn't it? Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to the Worldwide Chelsea Pod episode number 38. It is your number one podcasting hero, everybody's favorite Twitter account, Martito underscore dude. I think that's what my Twitter is, I need to check that. Um, welcome back, it's your Worldwide Chelsea boys. I've got with me today the classic American Mr. Jared Jesters. How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing excellent. And after that win today, I'm pumped.
0: You and me both, I'm pumped more than a baby getting some of his new breast milk. And he's also cool. <laughs> God. <gone. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> We've also got our friendly resident, Mr. Analysis, not Mr. Analyst. It's our favourite guy. Let's get it rolling. And by it, I mean the ball. It's Matt J. Ball. How are you doing today, Matt?
2: Uh, Not doing too bad. The result was good. I'm just enjoying my
0: last few days of freedom before lockdown. Oh, God. Well, one thing that was locked down we can be happy about, it is the Chelsea defence with a fantastic defensive performance for the fourth game in a row. Um, we will get into that very shortly. Um, one other thing that was mentioned in there, there are a lot of things for us to discuss today. Unfortunately, lockdown and all that stuff might be happening. Hasn't happened where I am right now, but I imagine it probably will follow suit. But uh, let us see. Right, so we finally got a win. We've got a 3-0 win and uh match at a day can finally be viewed again without me getting angry and transferring that anger to all of my family and friends. So 3-0 win, great result. Let's discuss it. Firstly, uh, Jared, what do you think? How are you feeling about the result? Tell me everything you're feeling about it right now.
1: Well, I kind of relieved that we finally found the formation that for one, I've been talking about all season and the midfield that I've been talking about all season uh just thoroughly impressed um uh, i don't care what burnley squad showed up today and if there were fans in the stadium or not we would have done The result would have been the same and really we could have had five or six if you if you really if you really analyze it we we dominated that game it was probably the most complete game i've seen from chelsea all season
0: Oh, very, very big take there with the complete game, uh, Matt.
2: Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it was best game we've had in general. Um, I can't really fault much of the performance, and I actually, I, I agree with Jared. We could have had five or six because I think, despite Burnley's Burnley scoring, uh, conceding three, some of their defenders—they were making tackles. I was like, wow, that was just amazing how they. Sometimes I was like, how they even got to that tackle. And it, could have, it was, must have been two or three chances that we could have scored if it wasn't for them tackles. I'm really impressed with the team, especially in the tack.
0: Yeah, and I, I think one of those was Ziek. He, he kind of flicked it onto the right side, pushed it on a little bit. So I think we were already three up at the time, and uh, the tackle come out of nowhere is inch perfect. I think anywhere else, that's either a penalty or a certain goal. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right on that. Um, let's kick it off with the formation. Jared mentioned that he wanted to discuss the change of the formation. I've been a fan of four-three-three, 3 3 but uh, maybe a bit more uh, uh, nostalgic because we used to play it under Mourinho. Um, but I definitely think that is also the best formation for us. I'm not a fan, as I've told you all before, the pivot thing. I think it's just too rigid and narrow and doesn't suit creative players at all, in my personal view. Um, we'll start with Matt, then. What do you think about the formation and how much of an impact is it having right now? Yeah, I think it's generally
2: even from last season, it was it was the formation where we did see the most joy from the majority of our players. And that was without the likes of ha- uh, Havertz, Ziek, Werner. But I think now it was just, I understood with all the injuries why we maybe didn't try that formation straight away. But I think now we've got that balance of Kante Havertz and whoever you're gonna play, either Mount or Kovacic, I really don't mind in that position. But I think that was the one thing from last season. The formation worked, but we occasionally got caught out because the balance wasn't just there. But I think now we've got we seem to have got found that balance, especially with the way Chilwell defends and the way Reese James has been defending recently. I feel them fullbacks have really helping not just in attack but covering and in defence in the transition. And I think it's just, I honestly think, I think I've heard a few people say this, this could be the Conte effect. When we change back to the three at the back, I feel this is having the same effect where we're just going to kick on now.
0: It is amazing how much uh, a system change can actually do, considering it's the same players and, uh, you know, we're talking about the pro game. I think it really does matter. Uh, and in this case, I think 4-3-3 probably suits uh, a little bit better the way that we, we play, play the game. Um, another interesting topic that you've just raised, uh, I will come back to about Chilwell and James. It's good to have the two best fullbacks in England. Uh, I'm going to pass that over to Jared. Uh, well, what, you said you're a big fan of the 4-3-3. Why, why, why is that? And uh, do you think it's making a big difference?
1: Well, we can start off with... With the formation itself, if you play a four two three one, you have a right defensive mid and a left defensive mid on the field, which naturally creates space in between them in front of the center back pairing, which has been our Achilles heel for two seasons now, uh, especially when one of those people in the four two three one uh Runs around like an uh, old lady that just had a hip replacement surgery. And we would be speaking about Jorginho when I talk about that. He, <laughs> um, it just, it's just horrible. He has no pace. He has no physicality. And you have to hide him on defense when somebody's pre- uh, pressing in on you. They've been moving him out to the right side or hiding him behind a center back. You know, it's like hide-and-go-seek or where is Waldo with him? And so that naturally pulls your formation apart. So you can't even really play a four-two-three-one when you're being pressed with Jorginho in your side because he is not press resistant. Um, and, and that's why really Kovacic and Conte, when paired with him, have looked so poor, poor this season because not only are they supposed to be taking care of their responsibilities, but they have to ensure that is Jorginho okay. Did, it, did he get the ball away? So, and, and really neither one of them really suit being the second in that system because that's the ball carrying part. And uh, when you allow somebody to carry the ball from the back to the front and it takes a while, the, the, the defense is already set up. The, the opposition defense is set up. So with the four three three, 3 3 with Conte sitting in the middle, you, you take that space – from the from the opposition away right in front of the center backs he gets to run everything he knows that that's his space in there he's sweeping in front and he's allowed to start the attacks either through mason mount through kai havertz or maybe over you know to a left or right back james and chilwell all of those people can move the ball you don't have to have a designated, okay, we're going to pass it to this one guy, and only this one guy is going to move the ball forward. It's it's more fluid, and it just suits the uh, personnel that we have a lot better. Um, Mount is very, very you know, every, everybody says, well, you know, it could be Mount or COVID, just no, it can't. Here's where Mason Mount shines, is high pressing, which the left center mid stays up high and presses so the defense can fall back into shape. The backs can get back because they're having to worry about somebody pressing the ball. So Havertz will come back, James, Chilwell, everybody will get in line, and then the last person to come back will be Mason Mount because he's up pressuring the ball, delaying the forward play. And this also gives him space to pass the ball, which he's a better passer than Kovacic, and he has that space to get away shots outside of the box, which he's better at than Kovacic. So Mount is actually better at that number eight position than Kovacic. But, uh, you know, those are the two that would, that would pretty much rotate in those positions because I don't think, again, I'm not a Jorginho fan, so we'll just stop there. I hadn't noticed
0: that before, but <laughs> Matt, come in. What do you think of it? He's lost for words of such an awesome analysis. He's uh, preparing, I guess.
1: He's, he's muted too.
0: Yeah, I know. I think Oh doesn't... Like crap, I didn't think I was muted. <laughs> Come in, Matt. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I do
2: agree with Jared. I think there definitely will be that rotation between Kovacic and Mount. I think, obviously, Lampard is going to prefer Mount, generally, as we all know of his love for Mason Mount. But I think, for once, it's actually... A positive thing because like today he 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 wasn't as involved as people would want but the things he did off the ball was just making everything flow making everything ticked and allowing the likes of Ziyech Havertz Werner and Abraham to do their thing and he was just doing the, the, the dirty work in the background I think going on to Jorginho I think this is where Jorginho starts to be phased out again because We've got Kante who's going to sit there. And then second, you've got Billy Gilmore coming back. And I think Billy Gilmore also suits this role. He is, I think, the problem with Billy is he has got that physical side that he's got to build up. And I think with time and age that will build up. But he's got the qualities to do that exact role. And I think this is where we suddenly go, well, where does Jorginho fit again? And then this brings questions to, does he have to go in January?
0: Yeah, these are uh, really good points, and I think if we were checking that out, uh, I mean, Gilmore was playing instead of Jorginho, wasn't he? Like, when he got those man-of-the-match performances, and even off the bench, he was the first choice. I think at that point, Jorginho wasn't playing any games. I'm not against Jorginho as as a player. I do quite like him, but at the same time, everything Jared says, like, he hit the nail on the head for me, bang on. And the same with your points, Matt. I, I do think Mount is a better fit than Kovacic, uh, and, he's, and also for the high pressing that he does do. We, a lot of people I hear kind of disrespecting a high-press uh, player, but it's actually not as easy to do as it looks because you've got to choose when to go. You've got to choose the spaces you need to cut out. It's actually really hard, and you've got to have a lot of kind of intense energy throughout the game. Um, I'm coming back to the point on Jorgin- Jorginho's positioning and that you have to throw him in defence because he can't do anything. <laughs> Um, When I used to coach, this was something I used to do, but I used to do it on on the reverse. So any players that were bad in build-up or wasn't good on the ball, I would stick them as high up as possible to not ruin the play. And it's the same thing also on defense. If people are not strong, you've got to sit them as deep as you possibly can to get them out of the way. Because he's going to get sent like a fidget spinner. And this is the the main problem I've had with Jorginho. Uh, he's he's too weak for the role, he's too weak for the way that we're trying to play, and I've seen that be blamed on on Lampard, and I think it's one thing we can't really blame on uh, Lampard, because, you know, the other players aren't doing too bad of it, and yeah, I do think Kante is having to cover for him a lot, players aren't having to do that. It's how I used to feel about Fabregas, colossally overrated at his time uh, during here, but he he at least delivered a lot more than Jorginho, and I think that... It's the same situation. Matic not out to really cover a lot of space, even Bakayoko. And I think that, that contributed to his like demise, not playing that much at Chelsea. So really great points here. Let, let's move on from the formation. Great discussion. Let's talk about the goals. Uh, I'm going to start off with Matt this time. What are you thinking about the goals that we scored? How do they make you feel? Describe the feelings, how they came, all that kind of stuff. Take it away. Well,
2: just looking at every goal, it was... It, they were beautiful goals to watch. Like the first one. I remember distinctly you was complaining about Abraham in the chat. And I was G- like Well I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it
0: was a brilliant him.
2: name. But yeah, he, he just I just saw he was like he was quiet but he was he was just having that little bit of a link up. He was linking up well with the players and I thought he's going to do something here and he's gonna shut Marv right up and then it's just where he's just dinked it off laid it off for Zeek, and Ziyech just calmly slotted it in. When's the last time we had a strike of any player that could just calmly slot the ball in like that and just to perfection? And then the second goal, finally, a, a lovely, brilliant delivery of a corner. And it was sod's law because I saw Mount taking it and thought, oh, this is this is going to go way far away. This is not going to go do anything at all. Why is Chilwell not taking the corner? And then Sod's Law goes straight to Zuma, who is in acres of space and a bullet header. In. Absolutely fantastic. And then the third goal, brilliant work from Werner, brilliant work from Ziyech. Couldn't say any more. I think it's, it'll be interesting to see Pulisic playing in this because I think this will make Pulisic shine as well.
0: Absolutely agree, and uh, yeah, it definitely did shut me up. I remember complaining early on in the game, I said, oh, Bumbraham, and uh, a a lot of it tongue-in-cheek towards the end, but yeah, no, I wasn't expecting uh, him to play well, and I think he was fantastic. The layoff was brilliant as well, the weight of the pass, the hold-up. He's definitely improved at his hold-up play. That's one thing I've definitely noticed. Um, Come in, Jared, what do you think, my friend?
1: Well, the goals were were, uh, things of beauty, and everybody is slate and pope. For cross, getting cross-footed, but if you watch it back, that's because Ziyech looks at the far post. If you look at his eyes, he's looking at the far post till the last second, and then he turns it, turns his foot over, and slots it in closer to the near post. So it's just just one of those little things that if you're, it, you might have to watch it back or two or three times. But he sends Pope that way. But the build-up play was beautiful, one-touch. We had a lot of one-touch passing, which I just love because it keeps everything fluid. And if, you, if you're if you one-touching things and then moving after you've passed, it opens up so much space. Uh, the second goal uh, was a beautiful uh, corner kick. And usually it's us that we're worried about, oh, it's a corner, we're going to get scored on. But now we have... The option of actually scoring from a corner instead of getting scored on. And also, uh, Tiago could have had one if he placed a ball anywhere up else uh, except for right at the keeper. Uh, the third goal, Reese James with the interception to Ziyech, Who, if you, if you noticed, uh, when Ziyech has a ball or Havertz has a ball, they're not impatient. They're not like, I got to go 500 miles an hour. So they just kind of float in space and wait for the, de- the play to develop and the runs to be made, and then a beautiful uh, through ball. And you know Werner's putting that away 100 times after, out of 100. So it's just it's beautiful to watch. It's, it's artwork. It's, a, you know, it's Mozart. It's you know, all of the great things in the world when you play the right way, and, and it's a thing of beauty.
0: Absolutely brilliant points there especially with the art and, and I think that's the thing um, I don't know why people are slating Pope for that goal. Uh, that goal from Zick was fantastic And uh, it looks slower than it actually is in the game because it, I don't know if you guys know but it looks like he throws a fake dummy before he strikes it And I think I don't think anyone sees it coming. He goes wash wash and it's so quick on his left foot into the corner Those were really hard to save um And also, I mean, yeah, the second goal, really good. Uh, I wish we could duplicate Zuma's head, so we could use two more of his heads for his feet, uh, so he doesn't make any more of those back passes. But his offensive headers are fantastic. I think he will get a few more goals this season with that. And uh, yeah, again, ZX pass in for Verna there. Yeah, again, calmness, like Jared was saying. Uh, I think that he was fantastic. And on that point, let's move on to Ziek. Um, i think he had an absolutely brilliant game absolutely brilliant game uh, what do you guys think about ZX performance I'm going to start with jared this time
1: uh for me i said it he's man of the match i said it before he came off he was man of the match uh you don't you know with the goal and the assist and he ran from touchline to touchline uh he was on the left he was on the right he was in the middle he was back on defense um But this is what I expect from him. We've seen him play. We played Ajax. And when he's right, he's he's really right. And he could have had, uh, you know, Chilwell at the back post, just missed that, Uh, a couple of other ones. He's just a brilliant, brilliant football mind. And uh, it's one thing to have one good player. Or two good players, but when you have the, a, an attacking five, let's say, that we have with the quality and the mind and everybody thinks, it's, it's going to be very difficult for defenses to, to really, really pin us down.
0: And that's considering we even had uh, Timo Werner playing wide right. as well. Um, I think, yeah, that's the thing. I, I was complaining earlier in the game saying boring, but it was one of the first times we were really methodical about it. And we've come away of a 3-0 win. It may, we made it look easy, I think. And uh, I agree with everything being said there. I'm going to pass that over to, to Matt now. So Matt, you, you come in on this one. What are you thinking about Ziyech?
2: Yeah, I thought, personally, when we signed him, I thought, this guy is a baller. It was, it was my first article I wrote ever. On, it was on Ziyech. And I was just amazed at how we've signed a player like this for 35 million. That cheap that early, with no competition. You just, like, every time he has the ball, whether it's up in the attacking third or even in the defensive third, he's got that sheer confidence that he knows exactly where he's going to place it. And even if that player he wants to pass it to is marked by a Burnley player, he knows exactly what to do to do with the ball, and he does it. And I like that he takes the risk. Not all the time it comes off, but... That's the, what good players do. They take the risk. They make the risky passes. And most of the time for them, it it comes off. And that's where we get the goals that we want to, especially against these low-block teams. And you just see how he drifts in through the lines of them two banks of four that Burnley would try to play. Last season, we could, we had no one that could do that. Pulisic, when he came back, it was a bit better. And he could do that a little bit. But Ziek is just perfect just to drift in and out and just make defenders go around in circles because they don't know how to deal with him.
0: It's incredible, I think. I mean, he was one of the guys, I mean, when we signed him and, and you know, we're using him on the right wing and I, I was thinking, you know, he's not quick, he's not doing these things, but it's, it's that genius in his play. And it makes me think he's not really truly a winger, is he? He's not really a winger. He's more like, an, I would say, more like an inside playmaker and i believe we could play him anywhere across that three and and today's game really shown that it was and he said it himself you know football it's not that hard it's about making those just making spaces and and that's one thing i think he does so well he exploits display spaces sorry and just really dominates and today was one of those games it doesn't always come off sometimes you'll see a random shot at goal or left footed cross that goes straight to the opposition but like i said when he when he, you know one goal one assist i'm is, is defensive off the ball work is fantastic. Uh, I think he was absolutely fantastic. Easily the man of the match. And let's hope that's what we're going to get from him. Uh, I know there was a question about his attitude and that's why he hadn't gotten a big move. But for me, that just seems like, you know, a player that wants to win and he's headstrong, and I don't think that that's that bad. I think that's bad. Um, so yeah, fantastic performance him and long, long may that continue. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, so let's talk about another... Overperforming, successful wonder. That's Edward Mendy. Four clean sheets. I think he might have broken the record by check. I think he had three. Not sure if I'm right or wrong there. Uh, Matt, thoughts on Mendy? He's just exactly what
2: we need, isn't he? He's just. Yeah. He just looks so confident in everything he does. Like that first minute when Zuma somehow let Barnes go past him, which bewilders me and that is not normally Zuma and I'm very disappointed in Zuma for that and the fact that Zuma scored kind of makes me a bit happier but he really needs I feel he's very on a low confidence at the moment I think he just needs to get in back into his groove but going back to Edouard Mendy he just made that look so easy and if that was Kepper I would have thought goal with with Mendy I'm like I think he's got this really and he did Com- it's probably the most comfortable he could have been with it and there's been many a times where he's helped us in certain situations already it's not like he's got four clean sheets and he's not had any shots peppered at him because the defense is so brilliant he's made every game he's made a save and i've just thought he's got like it was just, there's just things i was like maybe he's not so good at this but then he does it and then boom i'm like okay he's got this he's got this his parson's good saves good Good at one-on-ones. I'm like, well, what's he bad at? Why is he playing for Ren all this time? And he's just, it's it's just perfect for us. And I think, honestly, if he's playing like this for the whole season, do we really need to get another
0: goalkeeper right now? It's a great question, and um, I mean, I know we might be jumping the gun, but I think no. I mean, yeah, every single game, there's a great. I mean, he saved us that man, that Man United game. No offense to Kepa, I don't want to slander him. Would have been a loss. The Severe game would have been a loss. You know, they're, they're, had he played against Southampton, that would have been a win. I, I'm not having that that third goal was a good goal, but it should have been saved. And um, yeah, it's amazing what he brings us, I think. And what do you think, Jared? What's your opinion on uh, Mendy?
1: Well, I, I agree with everything that's been said. Um, we would have not had three draws. We would have had three more losses if that was Kepa in goal. So let's just put it that way. I will slay him because that was my position when I played uh, here in the States was I was a goalkeeper. And so I never played at a high level, but you get trained to look for things and it doesn't matter what you could you, name a team. They're always going to allow at some point in time a chance on their goal. Even Liverpool do it with their when they were rolling. There's always that one or two shots on goal that are gonna be tricky and the keeper has to come up big and that's when kepa has been letting us down. Mindy doesn't. Now I I don't know if you you, you all saw the uh, press conferences after the game with Sean Dyche. He was wondering why that wasn't a penalty. And I can answer that question for him. If Barnes had dinked the ball over Mindy and it had stayed in play, it might have been a penalty. But since he took a shot and it went out of play, then that's almost like a FIFA penalty where you've taken the shot and then you get taken out. So it's really not a penalty. If the ball stays in play, maybe you question it. But he did what he had to do. That's, you know, you either come for the ball, or that's going to be a goal. And uh, he made himself big, and that's the first five minutes of the game. If they score that goal, they're on the front foot, and we're playing catch-up. He's been brilliant this year. He's solidified the back line. He commands his box. He does everything that we wanted from a goalkeeper. So let's give him a shot. If he plays well this year, why spend $120 million on a goalkeeper? That's not necessary. Yeah.
0: Definitely agree. I think we could spend money in much better areas. And I think even people were saying about him being 28, that, you know, when did Czech retire? You know, there's still still a potential of five, six, seven years in him. I mean, you know, injuries permitting, if he stays in good condition. Um, I mean, he was absolutely fantastic in all of the games. I think, for me, it's a a revelation having a proper goalkeeper in, and I think that's amazing. Um, Let's uh, move on to the next point then, my friends. Uh, Mason Mount's position, he was back in his favoured position in this game, if there's a lot of controversy about him playing on the wing and all this stuff. Thoughts, Matt? Come in, my friend. Um, well, I've,
2: I've always said this season, with people criticising Mount, the exact same thing. Judge him when he's playing in number eight, because Mason Mount is one of them players. He wants to play for Chelsea. It's his dream. So if Lampard goes... I I want you to play on the wing. He's going to be like, yes, boss. He's not going to complain. But really, he doesn't want to play there because that's not his position. If Lampard said to Mount, can you go and goal for me? Mason Mount would say yes, because he loves the club. And that's what annoys me with fans, how they go, oh, he's so crap. He needs to get out. He's doing something that other players probably wouldn't do. If you told Abraham to go play in central midfield Central mid, he'll probably go, uh, nope, no, thank you. I'm handing a transfer request. But no, Mason Mount, nope, I will just play my game because I want to play for the club. And he does, he never, he's never, when he's played, he's never looked like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm stropping around. He's trying his hardest. He's just not his position. But now today, he's, he does the dirty work. He lets everyone else play and he knows his role and sometimes he won't be playing because i think lampard will swap him round with kovacic just for the rotation and there'll be certain games where maybe kovacic will fit the game a bit more and then mount will have to come off the bench but i don't mind that because i think mount can be a very good impact coming off the bench with his high pressing later in the game and mount this thing mount knows his role he's really popular at the club and he loves the club generally in his heart so i don't get why there's such an agenda against him because isn't he what we all want to be, playing Absolutely. for his favourite club?
0: Absolutely. I, I don't really get it, to be honest, either. I, I think it's just a kind of small amount of, of people. I mean, is, I don't think he's a good player, too. I think he's a crazy one. Uh, what about you, Jared? I'm going to bring you in on this one.
1: Well, I'm about to uh, throw some shade on about everybody. Not the present company excu- excluded. But when you, when you talk about the the uh, hate that Mount gets, it's usually by those on football Twitter or, and even some YouTubers that don't understand tactics and don't understand roles and don't understand how Frank wants to play and what he asks of his players. They just said, well, he didn't look good there, so he shouldn't, he shouldn't be on the pitch anymore. Well, Timo Werner doesn't look very good at left wing. Yeah, he had a goal. He played pretty good, this, but he's better He's better at a striker than a left wing. Well, Mason Mount can play right wing, left wing, uh, most of all the uh, midfield positions. But he is best at number eight, and that's what he's playing now. That's what I called for at the beginning of the season. That's where when we played last year with Billy Gilmore, it was Barkley playing where Havertz was. And Mount playing where he is now. And we rolled the Premier League ch- champions in the FA Cup. And it wasn't even close. And we did the next game, too. I can't remember who we played where Gilmore got uh, back-to-back man of the matches. Everton, but I think. Was it Everton? Yeah, okay. I won 5-0. But you see how it puts Mount in that position to to utilize what he does best. He's not a burner, he doesn't have those great that great pace that you want from your wingers. Um, but in that channel, with the pressing and the passing and the football IQ and being able to take a shot outside the box, man, it, I, you can't name me too many center midfielders doing that, that you'd really, that you'd rather have. He, he, you know, that, he's home. That's his position.
0: Totally agree. Some really good points from you both. And I think, yeah, I mean, when they play, you know, you didn't have much of an option to play, you know, certain other players in those positions because they're not doing the right work. So that's why he played there. I, I don't think he was the worst player in any of these instances as well. So the agendas are kind of odd. Um, they, they, do, they are kind of odd um, right we're going to final topic here after a lot of positivity a little bit of a sprinkle of negativity about Pulisic and his injuries injured by the cold British air this time or uh, the cold and wet British grass going to pass it over to Jared first what do you think is this, is this going to be a problem with Pulisic and injuries what do you think
1: well since I've never examined him and I'm not a doctor <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i'm not gonna because you don't first of all they said i guess he said it was a hamstring again in his press conference frank did uh obviously whatever happened was not too serious but they're not gonna take the chance that something that's minor turns into something major right so it's better to go with an abundance of caution than to, again, uh, throw him out there and say, "Ah, yeah, you felt something, but go ahead and tear the whole thing off before we take you off the pitch. So (laughs) I understand. Look, he's my favorite player. I'm an American. He's the best American player we have. Uh, There's people clipping at his heels, but he still is the best American player out there. He's playing for my favorite club. I want him to play 90 minutes every game and score five goals. So yeah, it hurts, but let him grow into his adult body first and see if the muscle muscle injuries go away. He's just now growing into his adult body.
0: That seems totally valid, I think, and probably kind of nice to take. Hopefully it's not a serious one. I didn't see uh if it was a hamstring again or something like that. How about you how about you, Matt? Well you come in on this. Um, well, for me, it didn't look like a hamstring. I mean, I know Frank has now said
2: this in his press conference; it was a hamstring. But for me, it looked, at most, it looked like a twisted ankle with the way he was walking. But obviously, I'm not the expert, despite obviously me doing medical stuff. But yeah, but just oh, looking, yeah. looking at his previous injuries, where people will go, oh, he's injury prone, blah blah blah. Guess the worry is that all of his injuries have been muscular problems whether it's the abductor muscle that he did last last season which was actually his worst injury where he was out for 75 days but all of his un- other injuries have been just torn muscle fibers just general, general muscular problems and they haven't been looking back into his dortmund days he was out for 2 weeks 3 weeks a week, 11 days, two weeks again with Chelsea, uh, for three weeks with the calf strain for Chelsea and then the hamstring injury. But um, yeah, they're not massive injuries. A little, little niggles, I think. Again, with a young player like this, they are going to get little niggles. Wingers who are bursting with pace are going to get these muscle injuries because they are putting their body to the absolute limit that they're doing with their running. And Osama Dembele is the prime suspect this. His hamstrings just snap every time. But Pulisic's nowhere near like that. He's never really snapped a hamstring. He's just had little fibre torn fibres, which, yes, it makes the muscle a little bit weaker, but it's not a massive issue. I think when people talk about, oh, is he going to be injury-prone? I think it's just a little bit, over the top. Yes, he's got loads of little niggles, but there are, they are just niggles at that. Nothing more.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's hope that's what it is and it's something quite small. And He's back playing for the next Champions League game, which I think is in a few days. Um, but on that note, I mean, what a great pod we've had and finally some optimism, uh, a great victory, some happiness uh, there. I mean, how do you see uh, this going in, uh, for the rest of the uh, season? What, what, what kind of predictions? What are we going to do? What can this team do this year? Gonna pass that out to both of you. Who wants to snap at it first?
1: Well, I I think that the at the top four no top six. Let's say the top six. I think that's a fluid situation right now. Uh, I don't see a dominant team. So I think that the title is there to be won, and I don't know why we can't be the one that wins the title. I mean, we have everything we need. So I, I would say that. Why not? Let's, let's shoot for the Premier League title.
0: I think the same, same opinion. What about you, Matt?
2: Yeah. I mean, you looked at Liverpool tonight. They were again, they weren't great. Man City haven't been great. Tottenham. They've showed glimpses of magic and then glimpses of Tottenham. Arsenal inconsistent as usual. Man United they've like us I think they've struggled at first but they're starting to gel a little bit now. But um everyone seems to struggle and I think what you've noticed is the teams of Everton and Aston Villa who are lower teams have just and they haven't one they haven't had Europa League to deal with in August and Champions League in August and then all the games coming up thick and fast now. And they're having more time just to prepare that little bit more. And people talk about um, oh, pre us not having a pre-season is nothing, but it is more important than people actually think. The hard work that the players have to do to get from the level they are after having a break to the highest level possible, it takes time. And that's why you've seen all these strange results, the Tottenham beating United 6-1 and then drawing to West Ham 3-0 the next match. Everyone, and that's why, despite Chelsea having quite a few poor results, we're still quite high on the table. And I think this is going to carry on for the rest of the season. And I think it's going to be what squads can handle it. And I think we're starting to gel. And as long as Lampard... Does the rotation well, which I think against Krasnodar, he did get it right. He did rotate the right players. I think Werner and Havertz do need a rest at some point. And we saw that Werner was going to have the rest today if it wasn't for Pulisic. So I reckon my prediction is Havertz doesn't start against Wren. And Pulisic will probably play. Ziek will play. um, Werner will play. Maybe Mount, Kovacic maybe a Jorginho but hopefully not and I think the aim for us is to just take advantage of this lack of clear leader in the league we need to stamp our authority and try and go for the title I haven't changed my mind from the beginning we need to win a trophy otherwise this season is kind of a failure
0: big time definitely agree on that And I think that's true. I think we definitely have a a shot. We've just got, as I say, as long as we were matching or above Liverpool and City, then we got that chance, because they're the only two I see as potentially better than us. Even even before signing, we were pretty much in the top, you know, three or four, and that was without these players. I think we should be competing. It's good that we won today, and we haven't conceded for a while, so a lot of good signs. So uh, we're going to say title it's going to be, and we're going to close out the wonderful pod today. So I'm going to say thank you for this awesome pod this week, this weekend. Uh, well done, Matt. Thank you for coming on.
2: No worries, no
0: worries. I'll get back
2: to the watching the boxing right now. It yeah, be brilliant.
0: And, uh, and how about you, Jared? Uh, thank you for you for coming on and being wonderful
1: as always with your brilliant analysis. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. I will be moving, so I'll be an hour closer to you all uh, oh, cool. come December
0: well oh, drive drive by my friend <laughs> That's say, or is it? i'm a teacher as well and i still got that phrase of verb wrong so okay. <laughs> maybe not drive drive over possibly and i'm gonna say it's been great hope all your listeners enjoyed the episode and i hope you take care up the chelsea this has been worldwide chelsea pod episode number 38 see you later